Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to 32 Fans. I'm Alex Chester. With me, as always, is Wheels Meenaker. Wheels, how's it rolling? Probably better for me. You know, my team, there's a privilege. Like, we don't make the playoffs, so we don't have to have these horrible playoff losses anymore. Uh, Is it better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all, though? Yeah, well, you know, I talked about this all season. Like I said, you know, only one team wins the title every year. And, And I hate fans who define success who think it's like it's a metric of either you win the title or your season's a failure. Like this is about sports, it's about entertainment, about creating memories. And the the Bills game, the Colts game, you know, the 61 yard against the Giants, Frank, like, you know, th- this season had a lot of highs, a lot of ups. And ultimately, yeah, you'll remember this season. For yeah, many 31 years. teams are not going to win the Super Bowl this year. Of those 31, if you were to rank them in terms of how much pleasure, how much stress and anxiety for sure, but how much joy at the end of games they, ga- they gave their, their fans, the Vikings are probably number one out of 31. So, um, I'm gonna that's the glass half full perspective. Um, can I can I give you an analogy for the Vikings? Can I tell you a story about something that happened to me on Saturday? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, sa- every Saturday I leave the house, you know, around 8 30 or 9, whatever I go to synagogue, I take all four of my sons, um, so that my wife can sleep in and I and I go and she she'll show up for for kiddish, which is the uh, reception after services. Sounds like life. she's living the life, but anyway, <laughs> keep going. So um, I take all four kids, which means I'm including I'm taking my youngest, who uh, is a baby and involves a lot of, you know, involvement. And how so, old's the youngest now? He's two. But yeah, I'm lifting him okay. up. I'm putting him down. He's eating. He's eating snacks. He's making crumbs. He's making a mess. You know, so mm-hmm. these are all excuses for why I never wear a suit. I mean, I don't wear. So I wear, you know, like I wear like Lululemon pants and like a and like a button down shirt. Basically, I'm just uh, you wear, to, to synagogue. Yeah. Lulu makes like, you know, reasonable pants. I wear them to work also every day. Go look them up. Why, they're, not, they're, they're not stretchy. They're not workout pants. You, yeah, they're stretchy. But they can you like, can you link me after? I want to. Yeah, I. I the, yeah, the, um, they're like the only pants I wear, basically. Um, okay. I'll link you. Remind me after the podcast. So anyway, um, but but this week was the rabbi's uh, son's oldest son's bar mitzvah, and also mm-hmm. the rabbi and I had had a talk a couple months ago about how you know it's nicer to wear a suit. You should dress nicer on Shabbat than you do the rest of the week. Show some respect for Shabbat. Mm-hmm. So I, I but said, you just you know said you wear the same Lululemon pants the whole week. Yeah, so you should dress nicer on Shabbat. Okay, so I fine. said, you know what? It's the rabbi's son's bar mitzvah. And also, I convinced Jen she was going to bring the youngest, so I got no baby. I got no excuse. I'm, I'm wearing my suit to, to synagogue. So I, I wear my suit to synagogue. And um, uh, my, my suit uh, is a little tight-fitting at the moment because uh, I'm about 25 pounds more now than I was before. Can't even COVID blame started. any food tournaments. Yeah. Well, we've had a couple of food tournaments in that interim. So, yeah, my suit's fit, fitting out pretty tight. But uh, listen, I squeeze into it. 
And ever since Hurricane Ida, which is what, like a year and a half ago by now, um, Hurricane Ida came and it destroyed all the bridges in my town and they're, they all got yeah. f- broken. And because of like incompetence, none of them have been fixed. So basically you can't like cross any bridges in my town. You got to like, you know, go in like big, like walk around in big circles to get anywhere. Um, however, the sort of the one bridge we crossed to go to synagogue, you can sort of climb through the fence and jump over. And the furthest jump is like four or five feet. It's technically possible to do. And so some people do it, but I never do it because I'm always with my kids. I'm always with a stroller. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm walking with two of my older kids and they say, hey, listen, you know, we don't have the stroller. Can we jump over, like sort of cross through parkour style and jump over the 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 fence? OK, mm-hmm. So I said, sure. Um I, I mean, I've always, I've always taken pride in my, I'm going to interrupt the story to tell another story. I've always taken pride in my jumping ability. So I told you about my car jumping history. <laughs> I didn't expect you to that sense. I've always taken pride in my jumping okay. ability. Uh, okay. okay. So I, so here, my stupid human trick is I used to jump over cars, which um, is, is less, it's not as, I, I think there's many more people who can do it. It's more, it's not as impressive as it sounds. You tell people that and they're like, you can't jump over a car. That's impossible. And then I would make, I mean, I won so many bets in college. What do you mean? You, you mean sideways? I mean, I run and then I jump over the car and then I start on one side of the car and on the other side of the car. Yes, f- from side to side, not lengthwise. Correct. But you jump onto the car. No, I don't touch the car. I jump over the car without touching it. Okay. Um. So you're, I, I, you're saying so anybody could do it? Not not anybody, but I more probably well, more the good jumping community could do it. Yes, uh, there's for sure more people who can do it than realize they can do it because like you're not gonna like you're not gonna attempt it because you know you're not gonna slam into someone's car. The first time I did it was by mistake. I actually remember it was the summer of 2000 and, um, 2003. I was playing flag. I was playing football with a bunch of my friends in an, in a mostly empty parking lot in Silver Spring, Maryland. And I was like running to the sideline and there was a car, I guess, that was on the edge of where we were playing and I was about to hit it and I couldn't stop running. And so I jumped into my surprise and delight. I landed on the other side of it. And then for that point forward, I, I made bets with people and jumped over cars the next several years. Anyway, so the point is, I'm, I'm pretty confident in my jumping abilities, and I'm here to help my kids, and I want them to be good jumpers, too. So I said, sure, we're jumping over the fence. So my kids jump over. We jump over the bridge, and uh, it's a great success, except that as we're jumping, I hear a rip. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I look down, and I have ripped my pants all the way from groin all the way to knee. My nice, expensive suit pants. Totally destroyed. Okay? No, no. And we're like right in front of the synagogue and a mile from home. So I'm not turning around and going home. Right. So what do you do in this situation? I think I turn around and go home. So so this is this is my analogy for the Viking season, because, you know, we got all dressed up. We made it. There were some haters who saying we couldn't do it. But here we are. We're hosting a home playoff. Game. Is it was it obvious to everyone? Like if anybody looked at you for one second, would they it was impossible not to know. OK. It was impossible not to know. It, it, was, it was like the Vikings defense on Sunday. It was impossible to hide. There was nowhere to hide. Mm-hmm. We're going to be exposed, uh, whether it's Daniel Jones or the, the pale whiteness of my thigh. It was going to be exposed. OK. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if you want to know the end of the story, what I, so what I actually I walked into synagogue and found uh, I went up to my friend who's the guy who sort of like runs the show. And I said, who who's here right now? Uh, it lives the closest to Shul and is closest to my size. And then I borrowed pants from another guy. So. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, so I, I Pretty got another guy's pants. So yeah, so I switched pants. Uh, so it all worked out well. Better for me. Unfortunately, the Vikings did not have the ability to switch defensive coordinators in the middle of the game. So uh, they, uh, there so was. This was your was, whole analogy. Okay. Yeah. Well, just it was the idea of the the whole walk to Shul. I was feeling pretty good, feeling pretty good, feeling pretty good. And then I, as I'm as I'm as I'm about to walk in, I have this huge split down my pants, and it's very embarrassing. My and wife's father at at her little sister's wedding um, uh, split his pants. They yeah. they do this they do this triple decker thing, where the older son goes on her father's shoulders and then the younger son mm-hmm. goes, 
Um, so the split happens while everybody's watching them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, but he didn't mind. He just walked around with the rest of the night. Oh, okay. I mean, there's well, not much you could do. Like, you're at a wedding. Like, there's not where, you know, there wasn't much. To yeah, do. I mean, usually there's backup clothes there. I mean, maybe not your size, but. I guess, I guess in theory, he probably, you know, unless he came in the suit, yeah, he might have had backup clothes, but he didn't change. Yeah, usually only the groom does that, and that's uh, later on in the wedding. So, uh, you, all right, yes. Yeah, you so, missed my I mean, joke. All right, we'll oh. keep moving. <laughs> so, uh, to me, you're not as sad as you as you could have been. You understand this was a team with a fatal flaw, that it was not good at football. Yeah, well, look, the, the defense was bad, and you know, like uh, Brett, Sher like the defense had their worst game of the year. Uh, Brett shared it was sort of it was tied for the worst with the Dallas game, and I think maybe the Eagles game, but that's excluding garbage time. If you you know those games mm -hmm. had a lot of garbage time, I mean, you know, if you if you don't exclude that from EPA, it was their worst defensive game of the year. The eye test, it was clearly their worst game of the year. I mean, they, they the Giants there weren't even that many drives because it was sort of like slow, methodical drives, but every single thing that the Giants wanted to do, they could do. And basically that's also generally true for the Vikings. Yeah. They slowed um, down the game. Um, and Cousins to his credit, by the way, Cousins, he, you know, his total QBR was better than, um, than Jones's. He was under pressure on 49% of dropbacks. He was not sacked once all game. Cousins actually played very, very well. I thought taking what they were giving, which meant, you know, they were locking up um, the down, uh, downfield. And so he was looking for more intermediate stuff and it worked. Um, they went up and down the field also pretty easily. They had no running game, but they kind of abandoned that early. Um, but then ultimately there was, you know, on fourth and eight, they decide to to throw this like three yard. There was, there were several passes in the game, which frustrated me where he would throw it either Hawkinson or someone else, but he would throw it to the guy, you know, for way short of the sticks for like a negative three to positive three yard gain. But also the guy wasn't even moving vertically when he was catching the ball. So it wasn't even like he was going to catch and run. And so, you know, the explanation for that final play was he said that he, he looked downfield to Jefferson and there was a safety over the top. There was nowhere to go. And then he was about to be sacked. And so we just tried to put the ball on play and Kurt Warner did a pretty good breakdown explaining it. My criticism of cousins on that play and is really, and I dropped a voice note uh, yesterday in the patron chat is if you go to the Bills game, which was the most impressive win of the year, obviously for the Vikings in terms of opponent and, and drama and everything else, the, um, there were six plays in that there were six catches by Jefferson in that game and no other receiver had in a game with even th with more than three this year where the, the catch probability was less than 20% um, that they completed the pass, including obviously the dramatic fourth and 18. When it's fourth and 18, you don't have any other choice. You have to throw it there, right? I understand it's a low probability mm -hmm. play. That's the only option. The other option is the game's over and you lose. And so for Cousins to say, well, the safety was over the top and it's it's a low probability play, it's a higher, whatever the low probability is, it's a higher probability than not converting the first down because in that situation, the probability is literally zero. Your season is over. And and dumping it off to Hawkinson there, just, you know, so that was very frustrating. But the absolute best case scenario is what? They go down the field, they score a touchdown, they beat the Giants in overtime. And then San Francisco next week, Every single position on the field, from head coach to quarterback to offensive line to receivers to tight end to running back, the, the Giants are much better. Than, the 49ers are much better than the Giants. So the 49ers would have murdered the Vikings. So, like, whatever. So, as you said, I can't really be that unhappy because, you know, this team's ceiling was uh, was pretty limited, as we saw. And so, yeah. But it's it, I look. think the Jones love. Listen, Jones was great. I think the Jones love has gone too far. You look. Oh, this you're season, talking about one professional troll who you know, you know, who's who thinks the Giants. No, no, no. I think no. Year. The internet is going crazy on Jones today. Jones top two twenty eight before yesterday, twice all season. Once against the Vikings, mm -hmm. who threw for three thirty four, and once against the Lions, who had somehow a worse defense than the Vikings. So, yeah. basically, the two worst pass defenses in the league, or two of the bottom five or six. Correct. And yes, and other than that, he struggled to you know one hundred sixty most games.
But oh, sure. But we let's give credit where it's due. What Jones did this year, why he was successful, is first of all, he dramatically cut down his turnovers, right? He was always a turnover machine before this year. He had the lowest interception rate in, in the NFL this year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we know, regardless of whether you're Patrick Mahomes or Brett Favre or Daniel Jones, when you lead the league in uh, in, in lowest interception rate, that basically means you had a lot of luck with drop picks. And so, you know, obviously that's going to regress somewhat to the mean next year. But if mm-hmm. it regresses to the NFL mean as opposed to the pre-2022 Daniel Jones mean, I think that's still pretty good. And then number two, his his legs were like a legitimate weapon. When he didn't have the first option, he would run, and it worked. I mean, he was he was a top five running quarterback this year. Yeah, no, his yards per carry were similar to his first two years, but he ran literally twice as much. He went from sixty to one hundred twenty sure. carries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what last year he had the one eighty five yard. I'll probably boost that average. Um, what I actually did, I went so Daniel Jones his first three seasons, his uh, CQBR plus was eighty nine point four, which means he was about. 11% below an average NFL quarterback over those three seasons. But it wasn't just, you know, it's not uncommon. No rookie is almost rarely is a rookie better than average, but it's that there was no progression from year to year. It's that he was sort of stuck in a rut and he basically was not getting any better. And there was no reason to think he would. Um, but he replaced his coach this year. He went from a very bad coach to a very good coach, or he had had two bad coaches. Actually, he got a very good coach and a very offensive minded coach and a coach who helped turn Josh Allen uh, from, you know, a, a bad quarterback, his first season into an MVP. And so I think, you know, there, there is an argument that, that maybe that maybe um, Dable has, has found something here and that maybe he can maintain this level going forward. But I do think it's still a risk because, right, like Daniel Jones, he's in year four now, so you're going to have to pay him. And if you're paying him, are you going to pay him $40 million a year? Or, are you, or you can always, you know, you could pay him for one year and try and develop another guy. Like, like what's the long-term solution here? Because you're not going to pay Daniel Jones $40 million a year unless you're convinced that you can win Super Bowls with him or be a contender with him. Yeah, uh, I to me, I think the Giants keep Jones at four for one ten. That's my prediction. So okay, so that means they're committed him for the long term. I think they will. Or are they not doing any guarantee beyond this one year? I mean, what can they do for the one year? They can they can just get they can just well uh, the the, the four one ten those numbers are meaningless if if it's a one year guarantee like like is it is it like every other quarterback contract pre cousins or is it like you know what how much is he getting guaranteed here how many years is he getting? I think it, I think he's getting that guaranteed at least three of them. All right, I so think to, those to me that would be that would be a disaster for the Giants. I mean, and it's it's more possible. It, well, so someone he, will give it to him if not them. We talked about there's no middle class yeah. for quarterbacks, right? Brady, Janus, and yeah. yeah, only one other quarterback are making between eleven and thirty five this year, eleven and twenty nine. Well, I, um, I mean, look, are he's the middle class quarterback. Better, I think are the Giants going to get a better option in twenty twenty three? Probably not. Right. Unless so they I, get I one of the other Daniel Joneses that yeah, so I mean, and I'm not saying he's necessarily be, better, but I don't think it'd be crazy to bring him back for for one year if you're de- if you're also drafting a guy or, or somehow finding a guy to develop. But I, you know, I don't know how they do that. And do and by the way, I think they're going to make the even bigger mistake of paying a running back. I think they might pay Saquon. I think they will. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, like there's and it's usually you see this more with coaches than with players, but there's nothing worse. That when you when your ownership overreacts to sh- a short term playoff success by further investing in the guys who ultimately are not the long term solution there, and I think that mm-hmm. the obviously this everything that's happening this year for the Giants is already gravy. Anything they do against the Eagles, they're going to love. But if you come out of this year and you're committing multiple years of over fifty million dollars a year combined for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, that that does not seem like a recipe of success to me. Like this team has p- possibly the worst receivers in the league, and 
how are you going to, how are you going to get new? I mean, you know, maybe they get very lucky in the draft, but you know, it's possible, but they have not done so far, right? They they've taken Tony, they've taken first and second round receivers repeatedly. They, they signed a big money free agent, although that was a terrible signing from the get-go was pretty clear. Most people thought um, previous, previous uh, front office, obviously, um, you know, it's possible to find receivers, but they, they really need a lot of help there because yeah, if you surround Daniel Jones with what's, you know, no, but example, they built through the line, they built through the two lines and yeah. Uh, there is there is a semblance of a, like a core there. I to me, the, the Giants, it's so weird. Go into Philly this week and win, and I feel like I'll rip up everything I say. But they won three games since October twenty third. Yeah, and it was against Houston, Indy, and Washington. Yeah, you know, and now they beat the number twenty six DVOA team. So I'm yeah. I'm at a, a little bit like. You're going to get Boston Adam in your mentions for pointing out. I know, no, for sure. But listen, (laughs) they beat the Ravens in week six. They beat the Jaguars in week seven. Those were, in hindsight, much, you know, they beat the first half of the year. They jumped up to six and two. Them and the Jets. Yeah, but I mean, they were beating, you know, some crappy teams too. Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Chicago. Giants. uh, The Giants have definitely maximized their possible uh, performance for this season anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, it, you know, at least for the coach, you have to be confident going forward. I'd, I'm much more confident the coach going forward than I am the quarterback or the running right. back. They gave up 48 at home to the Eagles a month ago. Yeah, I, I have a feeling uh, they're getting their doors blown off. Yeah, probably. Oh, I, by the way, I have. Uh, I mean, I'm rooting. I'm rooting for them over Philly. I have. Uh, well, let, let me let me if, if Boston Adam did not exist, I'd be rooting for them over Philly. He's so annoying that he might single handedly <laughs> force. I mean, I don't know. He, he's almost as bad as, you know, like. 10 million terrible Eagles fans. I don't know. I got to figure out how to balance those two. All right. Let's I'll, go, I'll quickly go through the other games. Yeah. Wait, hold on. So I, I did. I yeah. did go through. I wanted to see. I, I wanted to see. Okay. So Daniel Jones, as I said, his first three seasons, his, his CQBR plus was 89. So about 11% below average. This year, he was at 109. So 9% above average. So I wanted to see how many quarterbacks have been about 10% or so below average in their first three seasons. And then in year four, jump out to be about 10% above average. And then what happens after that? Do they maintain that level or is it a one-year mm. blip? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I got set. I got seven comps for you. Okay. I'm excited. Yes. First one, very familiar to to Giants fans. Eli Manning. Eli Manning's at a 91 through his first four seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, although it's important, to know, the fourth of those seasons was actually his worst as a starter. He led the league in picks. He sucked, but he won the Super Bowl that year. <laughs> right. So, but then fresh off the Super Bowl, year five, he was he had a Q, CQ bar plus of 105. So not as good as Daniel Jones this year, but but by far the best year of his career. And for six of the next seven years, Eli was an above average quarterback. He also won another Super Bowl in that era. So like that was a guy who sucked for four years, won a Super Bowl while sucking, uh, at least in the regular season that year, but then actually maintained that new level. Uh, so that's like that's a positive comp for the for Daniel Jones. Right. Mm hmm. And yeah. these are obviously these are comps purely in terms of output, not style of play, because, you know, Dan Jones, obviously much more dynamic with his legs than, than Eli uh, or the next guy, Sam Bradford. First three seasons, 89, identical to Daniel Jones. Uh, year four, he has a half season at 106. Then he got injured, missed the next one and a half seasons, ends up never playing in St. Louis again. Has a decent season for the Vikings, two teams in three years later, but got injured again. His career is essentially over. So Sam Bradford, I guess you can sort of dismiss because it was injury based, but um, n- not long term success there. Um Drew Bledsoe, the numbers almost perfectly mirror Daniel Jones, even though a very different style of play. First three years, uh, high volume, low efficiency, 89, exactly the same as Daniel Jones. Year four, 110. Um, and then has another good year in year five. But then he regressed and he was average to bad the rest of his career, both in New England and later in Buffalo. He was a starting quarterback for a while, but but Drew Bledsoe was never good other than years four and five. So, um, you know, that that's uh, that that's sort of a, a decent comp. Obviously, again, a very different style of player. 
But uh, Drew Bledsoe is a guy who, be, because he threw the ball so much, I think his reputation is better than it should be. Like he was, he had mm-hmm. two good years in his entire career. Um, here's another one. Kyle Orton, first three years, 86, a little bit worse than Daniel Jones, but pretty close. Year four, 107, also solid in year five, but then he got injured and he comes back from injury, but he was never a league average quarterback again. And his career is over pretty quickly. So Kyle Orton, not a comp that the Giants want to hear, but at least so far in his career, pretty similar to Daniel Jones. Um, another one is uh, Vince Young. First three years, 94, which was better than Daniel Jones. And then year four, 107. But then he got hurt. And again, his career is basically done because of injuries and also some off the field stuff. So and then the last comp, and this is the guy who I've sort of had in my head all along, is Alex Smith. First six years of his career, because he had a lot of injuries there also. He was at 85. He, he really struggled. Year seven, uh, he's got Jim Harbaugh now um, coming in. He was at 105. And he was basically a good to excellent quarterback for seven years in a row, Alex Smith. Um, and like Daniel, like he was a number one overall pick, so he had an even higher sort of, uh, you know, draft uh, value than uh, Daniel Jones did. But it, it, he also benefited, uh, much like Daniel Jones, from excellent play caller coaches and Jim Harbaugh and Andy Reid. But he sort of had this game manager reputation, and it was very noteworthy that in the middle of a Pro Bowl borderline MVP caliber season in San Francisco for a team that was headed towards a Super Bowl, it looked like he was benched in favor of Colin Kaepernick. And then it was shipped off to Kansas City. He had an even better season. He was the best quarterback in the NFL by most rate stats in 2017. And yet again, uh, Andy Reid said, I don't care. I'll replace you the next year. He gets replaced. He gets sent, sent off to Washington. He gets replaced by Patrick Mahomes. So, like, obviously, it's not easy for the Giants to find a Colin Kaepernick or a Patrick Mahomes. But, like, in my head all season, this has been the closest comp to Daniel Jones. Like, all right, if mm-hmm. everything around him is perfect and he's got a great play caller and he can keep his turnovers to an extreme minimum, which Alex Smith always did, and he can take advantage of his mobility, and Alex Smith always did that as well. He has the ability to be a quarterback for a championship contender if everything around him is perfect, right? If the Giants upgrade their receivers and, you know, they keep their offensive line healthy and they keep Brian Dable calling the plays, then then maybe you can actually compete with Daniel Jones the way that Kansas City and San Francisco competed with Alex Smith. However, those those front offices and coaches had enough foresight to see, all right, if everything is perfect around him, we can compete, but we want a guy who can compete even if everything isn't around him is perfect. And so that's why both San Francisco and Kansas City jettisoned him for higher ceiling guys. And like, I guess like to me, like Alex Smith is like, would be a pretty good comp for Daniel Jones. He hasn't reached anywhere close yet to the heights of Smith's 2012 and 2017 seasons, but maybe mm-hmm. DJ can still get there. Like I'm open-minded. Like, you know, if Daniel Jones is Alex Smith, I think that's good. That would be a great oh, Yes, of course. That would be amazing. Al- yeah. But Alex even, Smith was really good by the end. But even yeah. so, two very smart front offices and coaches still said to Alex Smith, we'll see you later. We want a higher ceiling guy. So I mean, look at San Francisco now with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo has performed better than Daniel Jones, uh, you know, overall, so even this year. But still, mm-hmm. they wanted Trey Lance. So, you know, uh, and the Giants, hopefully now with, with Dayball, and, you know, hopefully they have a, a more forward, longer thinking front office. And so if I was a Giants fan, I would definitely want Jones back for next year. I don't see a better option. But I would also want to see them draft a quarterback. And, you know, I don't know how much draft capital they'd have to give up. But that, that would be my ideal if I'm a Giants fan. I say bring mm-hmm. DJ back. But let's draft someone else who uh, maybe can be our Trey Lance or our Colin Kaepernick or our Patrick Mahomes. Okay, so yeah, that's my take. Um, um, all right, what was what was your favorite game of the weekend? Um, well, I, I I think it has to be the Jacksonville game, right? I mean, a lot fan, of, I'm a fan of dramatic comebacks. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Uh, what I was mean, your favorite game of the weekend? Uh, I think you went to bed. You didn't see that game live. Yeah, I, I, watched, I mean, uh, by I two the in the morning, highlights it was 27 up, to, to be fair to you. And Buffalo, Miami. I thought Buffalo, Miami was was the most fun game. It was just like a rollicking good time. We were just yelling and screaming the whole time. It was really wild. We, you, I, I, we were willing Miami at, at, where I was watching to get in the game because it was like there's nothing worse because 
especially the first week of the playoffs where you're going from eight or nine games at once to one. There's nothing worse than sitting through a dud playoff game, which is why we root so hard for these crappy teams not to get the seven seeds or whatever. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and you don't want uh, Seattle was fine, but but, but to their credit, more, to the to yeah. their credit, Miami gave us more than we expected. Baltimore gave us no, more than we expected. And Seattle for three quarters gave us more than we expected. Yeah. Every team showed up. No, the no, only dud other, we had other than your defense. Was, the only dud we had really was the fourth quarter of Seattle, San Francisco. And then the yeah. first halves of a bunch of games that all got like the Buffalo Miami, yeah. game, but it got close, including the, the one of the Chargers, teams that Jacksonville game, but it got close yeah. and the ball. Yeah. So we really did not have any like dud games. No, not at all. No dud games. This has been a very strong weekend. Um, quality of play tonight might be the worst, but uh, it'll probably be a close game. Just the worse than some of the quarterbacks and some of the defenses we've already seen. I mean, Miami at least like made stuff happen. Um, yeah, Skylar Thompson. It was like they would take the lead and then they flash on the screen like Thompson ten for twenty nine for hundred yards yeah. and two interceptions. Yeah, I still don't, and I I need to rewatch that game because I I was watching on the airplane. It was seventeen nothing, and then I mm-hmm. like stopped. I got off the plane. And then we got I saw my in-laws and we drove to their house. And like, I wasn't really paying attention for this whole period because I was like, this game's over. It's going to be 62 to seven. And then I turn on the TV and it's halftime. And the Dolphins are winning. I'm like, I'm like, I, I, so I had no idea what happened. And I understand, you know, there was a fumble six. They weren't stuff, winning at halftime, but yeah, the, the early in the third quarter. You know what's yeah. you know, what's frustrating as a Jets fan. So the Dolphins side the game at 17 and then the Bills have like, have like 30 seconds and they easily kick a field goal. In fact, could have scored a touchdown if, if Diggs foot had not been like a centimeter out. Mm hmm. It yeah. just as a Jets fan, it's so hard for us to move the football. Every yard is a miracle, right? Yeah. Every every first down is an accident. It's a mistake that the defense made. I'm like you, but and for it's defense. So, yeah, it's so frustrating seeing the Mahomes and the Allens of the world have 25 seconds and like, you know, they're going to get in field goal range and sometimes they could score a touchdown, you know, using a 75 yard field. It is really crazy. Yeah, the difference between a, a guys like that and then, I mean, we did score a touchdown the last three weeks of the season. The Jets they didn't score a touchdown. Yeah, it's so easy for these teams. Doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, the yeah. Bills' defense is a big problem. Um, and the Bengals uh, just lost Jonah Williams today. That that that's a big hit because you know is he a guard or a tackle? He's the left. He's their left tackle. Yeah, you, oh, you don't remember our whole fight last. Yes, year? I do get it. I do get it. Um, but things are are coming up. Everything's coming up. The Chiefs. This Bills defense is not as good as as last year's. And the Chiefs defense might be a little better than last year's. I don't know. I, I really I've thought for for a few weeks like these teams are kind of the three teams are kind of even. But who knows? And we're not going to make the, those picks now. But anyway, yeah, the Bills, I would be nervous. Uh, the truth is, like, Waddle had a rough game. He had he had, you know, three. He got he had his hands on the ball three times and didn't come down with it. I wouldn't say all three were drops per se, but yeah, he could have had a much better game. Yeah, Skylar Thompson. It was inept. Um, it, it it's sad is what see you know to see what's happened to Teddy B. I know that he was injured, but I think if they really thought that he'd give them a chance to win, they they would have played him. Yeah, I mean the um, the, que- the longer question there is 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 Tua someone they can trust or not? Yeah, obviously they have major offseason questions. I think ultimately the answer is yes. Like he'll give it another chance next year. I don't think this could go. I don't think that he could have a second season like this. Uh, and you know they the it's it's going to be tricky. But I think, uh, yeah, you're not going to find a better quarterback than Tua. And uh, right now, they have to strike while they're on the top. This is a win-now team because they have Waddle and, and Hill in their primes. And I think that is so unique compared to what every other team has, that they have to do whatever it takes this year. And that Jalen Phillips was unbelievable. Uh, the Chubb trade was insane. And um, they're, they have the worst cap situation in the league. I know your team also has a very bad cap situation. But 
but Phillips was great. Sealer's great. Wilkins is unbelievable. Wilkins had 100 freaking tackles as a defensive tackle this year. He was amazing. Yeah. Um. So they they have like a, a real core, and and I, I mean I don't know what else they could do to improve the team, which is I think why they have to stick with two as long as he wants to play, and they feel like he can physically play. Um. But yeah. Anyway, I, to me, Bills Bengals, I'm happy we're getting it. It's an it's this obviously this game should obviously be a neutral site, right? Doesn't really make any sense that it's not. Do you disagree? Well, ob- obviously based on what happened. Sure. Yeah, I'm saying yeah, this should be a neutral site game because if the if they could play the game and the Bengals had won, this would have been the Cincinnati game. So by the by the same logic of the Kansas yeah. City Buffalo neutral game, this should I know they didn't want to do a whole neutral thing. It would do we know where they're people. playing it? Where the the no, this is not a neutral game. I said it should be. Oh, sorry, yeah, it's the it's the AFC Championship that will be the the AFC yeah. Championship we... game. Yeah, we know it's in Atlanta. Oh, they said it's in Atlanta already. Oh, okay. yes, yeah, I yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah, if both teams would, but I don't think that's going to happen. First of all, I, I I mean the Jaguars have a puncher's chance. I don't think they're going to win. But yeah, yeah I think Atlanta, right now, who does Atlanta favor between KC, Buffalo, and Cincinnati? I, I don't think that. I don't think they care. Yeah. Um, but that would be fun. I feel like that would be a fun game to go to. I I don't like neutral side games. I don't. I've been told that like college championships are a lot of fun. I don't know. In general, I I like I like eighty thousand people all rooting in the same direction. Yeah, it should. It, yeah, it is weird. Like both teams will have trouble with the snap, possibly. Um. Uh. Okay. Uh. Jacksonville Chargers. I would really like. I know that. I I know there aren't a lot of Chargers fans, but man, is there a more tortured team the last twenty years than the Chargers in the NFL? Well, the Vikings, but yeah, but the same category. I don't think so because the Vikings have had some highs. The Vikings had the best comeback in NFL history and the best play, the best non-Super Bowl play. Of, sure. Okay. Of of yeah. the century so far. And, and so but, you have highs. Yes, you have low lows. They don't have any highs. They're just good enough to like sucker their few fans in and then rip it away. Well, they have highs in the sense that they you know win double digit games and make the playoffs a lot like the Vikings do. Yeah, Herbert's like the yeah. best fourth best quarterback in the NFL, and he's still not won a playoff game. Yeah, well, you know, he he regressed a little bit this season, but uh, he's still probably the fourth or fifth best guy in the league. Yeah, well, we'll do our rankings next August. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, going forward, yes, there's very few I'd rather have than him. Yeah, I mean, the Williams thing should live in infamy. It was just an insane decision. Um, but I mean, they I gave mean, him he, he, he's he's getting fired, right? We didn't mention him. I don't Obviously, think he wasn't so. Black everyone's Friday. talking. Everyone's everyone's saying it. I don't think he is. Just the excuses he gave were so stupid. Like, oh, you only have 48 guys on your roster. Like, well, Dave all just had all these guys not on his roster at all that day. Right. right. Like, the Chargers had no reason to play this game. Nobody says you have to play him a first half like the, like the Vikings did either. You could have just not played them at all. Um. All right. We, we yeah, listen, really talk about he's San played two seasons. He's, he's had winning seasons both years. I don't think uh, how many guys in the history of the league have had two winning seasons, winning season, winning season and been fired. I can't think of any. I'm sure there's been quite a few. But let's look into it. All right. Um, what about okay? So my, 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 listen, my preseason uh, Super Bowl pick was San Francisco at Buffalo. I, I still see mm-hmm. no reason to switch off that. Except I and think mine was we, Philly Buffalo. We should really yeah. we should do an episode where we just listen to our uh, preseason predictions. Well, all the actual preseason bets we made, the futures were bad. Why didn't we bet on that? <laughs> yeah, it is funny that we didn't bet on our Super Bowls. I, the 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 simple answer is because we were picking sort of chalky things that we didn't like the odds for. Uh, but, I'm sure there were. I'm sure San Francisco Buffalo or Philly Buffalo Super Bowl odds was at least plus, at least plus a thousand before the season. No, come on. I don't pick. I'm not sure. For sure it was. Uh, pick pick, pick just, the winners of both conferences and San Francisco and Philly. They both had over unders of like nine, nine and a half. They weren't like you know, the the Bills fine. That's very chalk. But and even yeah, the Bills, we, was, you know, 
we lost 10 of our 11 NFL bets. Um, we did, or, or, or 11, yeah, 10 out of 11. We have one uh, Jalen Carter at 40 to 1 to be. First overall is 31, actually. We only got those odds. Uh, is still uh, alive for sure, but probably nah, not going to happen. I, I don't, I, we have the Packers gonna, winning the it's NFC It's going to be North. traded to somebody who's going to pick a quarterback. Yeah, we have the Packers winning the NFC North. The Texans' first win, 40 to 1 against the Commanders. Not a bad bet in hindsight. The Texans sucked. Texans under four and a half was our only win. Cowboys and Colts to be the last undefeated team. Didn't happen. Niners to be the one seed in the West. Uh, we could have made up all our money that way uh, had the Eagles lost once more or the Niners won one more. Brady under 4,500 yards didn't happen. The Cardinals did not make the playoffs. The Bills charged AFC title game did not come to fruition. Uh, and Kirk Cousins and Tua did not win the MVP. There were some glimmers of decent ideas in there, but uh, ultimately we lost some money. Yeah, we should have cashed out with Tua, but whatever. We're letting it ride. Um, yeah. Uh, Niners, Seahawks, uh, Brock Purdy. Where, If you had the quarterback rankings right now, where do you put Brock Purdy? I mean, it, it's sort of like what we were talking about at the top of this podcast with Daniel Jones. I think it has you just said, or Jimmy Garoppolo. You you have to chalk it up to the system, right? Like, there's just there, there's no scenario where Brock Purdy. Do you is think so anyone good. comes into that and it's like, okay, we have McCaffrey, we have Devo, we have uh, yeah, we have Ayuk and Kittle and and Elijah Mitchell, and we're we're you know anyone who's coming in is just fine. I mean, look, Tom Brady was a sixth round pick, right? So it's it's possible for everybody to miss a guy, obviously, again mm-hmm. and again and again, including the team that took him, right? Like, you know, I've always said, like, I, I credit Kraft so much because he's asked, so how did you have the foresight to take Tom Brady in the sixth round? He's like, I didn't. It was complete luck. If I knew he was going to be good, I would have taken him in the first round, obviously. Um, so it's is it possible that 20 years from now, we're, to Brock, we're talking about Brock Purdy as he goes to win his seventh Super Bowl? I guess it's theoretically possible, but I still, you know, I have a hard time believing that I I've, I'm seeing it's on the field. It looks good. I just, you know, I'm giving all the credit to Shanahan who, uh, you know, his, uh, his reputation continues to rise. Is there any way we don't get a Niners Eagles AFC NFC championship game? I mean, Dallas, when Dak came back for the first like six weeks until they sort of had a swoon in December, like was looking really legit, but I also picked the bucks to win tonight. <laughs> So I think Dallas San Francisco playoff game really brings back some fond memories. I might have to fire up YouTube. If you're honestly, if you're a kid out there, it's just McCarthy is such a disadvantage. And and we're, I mean, it's really going to be a coaching, especially today between mm-hmm. uh, on both sides tonight. But going up against uh, Sirianni or Shanahan in, in his next two playoff games. If the Cowboys or, win or, today, or Dayball, if the, if the Giants somehow pull yeah, more miracles, that's true. If the Cowboys win today. Yeah. And uh, you're a youth out there who does not remember the the 49ers Cowboys playoff games. It's it's almost hard to explain them because there well, the first thing you have to explain is that the NFC Championship was the Super Bowl every yeah, year. Yeah, was the Super Bowl. They won uh, what was it, eleven straight Super Bowls. The NFC thirteen eighty four to ninety seven. Thir- thir- yeah, thirteen straight Super Bowls. Uh, most of them were not close, other Correct. than a, a couple of the Bills ones. Like most of them were absolute blowouts. Just the first um, one. These teams were head and shoulders above the other NFC teams. They were pretty consistently, you know, each. And there were other. And listen, you had you, teams came and went Washington, Chicago, Green Bay. Mm-hmm. But over the course yeah. of yeah. they it was, you know, you had Deion Sanders basically switching teams between the two teams and yeah. both teams adding, you know, pro bowlers just, you know, they were it was an arms race between two great teams. It, each those games felt so monumental. You have Madden and Summerall calling them. So mm-hmm. I I see, you know, go if they I'm sure some of the full games, if you search hard enough or on YouTube, uh watch those games. It's funny. I went to like, oh, I want to watch this after. I've already seen it. Um, I've already watched this full game. 
Uh, but yeah, uh, can't recommend enough. That's if uh, we get a Dallas-San Francisco playoff game. Yeah. I mean, the, the uh, real I, fascinating question is going mm-hmm. to be, if San Francisco really actually does this, what are they going to do with quarterback next year? Yeah, so the Niners quarterback, I think Lance's value is pretty low right now. Well, you know, if I'm no team ever valued Jets. him as high as San Francisco did, right? San right. That's what I'm saying. Load. Yeah. But could they if even the get Jets. a number one for him? I don't think there's a chance. If if the if I'm the Raiders who need a quarterback, are they going to be knocking down the door and saying, you know, blank check for Trey Lance? No. So, no. I, yeah, I think you keep Lance, you keep Purdy and Jimmy G's gone. So. Well, Jimmy G's gone for sure. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and San Francisco knows more than anybody, obviously, as we've seen this year, like the importance of having a backup quarterback because your starter and the backup might get injured. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Baltimore, since he's such a variance game, because even like with Huntley getting the ball knocked out, like that ball could easily a wind up on the 40 yard line in the hands of some Ravens offensive linemen. They kick the field goal. They still have the lead. Yeah. Or B, like the Bengals recover it at the four and they have to go 96 yards. and They probably ultimately punt or something. Yeah. What one of our listeners who's not young enough to have been excused for this awful take said it was the most insane play in NFL history. I'm like, go look at the James Harrison play. The James yeah, Harrison no, the James play. Harris, yeah. Yeah. It completely changes. It the also, the goal. return. The, yeah. There's six things on that play alone. That incomprehensible that he kept going. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this play, yeah. as soon as he caught it in his hands, it was just 95 yards. Of Every time I watch the Harrison play, even though, you know, I uh, watch it then. I, I yeah. uh, it, it's shocking that he scores. It, uh, I mean, the tur- and, and the Super Bowl, obviously, the draw. Yeah, that, that that's, you know, w- if we ever finish off my greatest plays in NFL history, that's very high on the list. Spoiler. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, to me, honestly, you know, Ravens fans are 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 mad at Harbaugh today. I, I think he almost won a playoff game against a really yeah, good what? team. Well, what are they? What are they mad at? I think they're mad at like the whole. I mean, the team just seemed Who like they, they should be mad the at is conference. the owner of the front office for not signing Lamar. Right? Yeah, if Lamar had a contract, he would have played in this game. We talked about we talked about this at the beginning of the year. Lamar, we said like he should play two games, show that he was awesome, and then and that's basically what he did. He played a lot yeah. more than two games, but that's this is what he needed to do because the yeah. Jets aren't like, oh, I can't believe Lamar. What is he doing? Like they're like, hey, uh, uh, Baltimore, you want three first round picks for Lamar? Yeah, he but if did I, what if he I was Lamar to Jackson, he's get paid. Would I go, you know, if I'm at risk of injury and I have no guaranteed contract and play and possibly end my career? Like, mm-hmm. no, like the team show no faith in me, no confidence in me, no trust right. in me. And so, you know, what, why am I doing the reverse for them and, and risking like, you right. know, did he lose a little bit of money? Maybe, but not a substantial amount. I mean, you know, even no, if he gets two, he'll get from 250 to 200. Yeah, he'll, it's, uh, he, it's he, a Carlos Correa situation. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. He you that know, having he, been said, listen, there's a, two years in a row. The guy's, you know, missed a half dozen games. Oh, listen, there's a risk. And that's why he's not going to necessarily make 47 a year. But, yeah, he, you know, someone's going to overpay or, or not overpay, but someone's going to break the bank and yeah. and uh, and and get him. And I hope it's my team. You know, I don't I don't want to be stuck with Derek Carr, a guy I know is at best average and probably below average and getting worse. Mm-hmm. He's better than the guys we have now. So I'll take it and I'll smile. But, I, you know. Right now, I'm at Lamar one, Jimmy G two, Car three of all those guys. Okay, I think I'd rather Daniel Jones than Car. Honestly, there's more upside. Jones is 25. He completed 67 percent of his passes this year. Now I know Car's completed 67. He's completed freaking 70 yeah. before, but, but also his mobility. I, uh, also, Daniel Jones is going to be cheaper. I, mean, I don't know what what kind of contract they're going to give him, but he he will be cheaper than Car. Uh-huh. Couldn't they also just tag uh, Jones if they wanted? They could. Yes, they could. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's not a great long term solution for your quarterback because you sort of burn bridges there. But um, all right, Akiva, so we've we've talked we've talked about the uh, 
the San Francisco Seattle game a little bit, not mm-hmm. much to say. We talked about the 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 Chargers Jacksonville comeback. We talked mm-hmm. about the Vikings game, obviously. We talked about Miami Buffalo. We talked about Baltimore Cincinnati. You know we haven't spoken mm-hmm. about what? It's uh tomorrow's January seventeenth, right? That's the cutoff. Larry David, if you say Happy New Year to him on the seventeenth, he will get angry at you. Okay, but on fine. the sixth, on the sixteenth, you can still sneak it in, right? Yes. So Happy so, New Year, Alex. New Year's, new balls. Yes. Right. Our friends over. That's what they say. Yeah, the balls, right? Don't have to be dropped just because the ball dropped in uh, Times Square, right? Mm-hmm. I'm 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 in uh, South Florida right now. This is a uh, swimsuit weather. Uh, not really for the Florida. I thought you were going to say people's balls have really dropped. They're old. Oh well, yes, that's also. But I'm just saying, like you know, I have to make sure my bikini line is uh, is looking fine, right? And what better I- better way to do that? Then to get the uh, lawnmower 4.0, part of the performance package 4.0, all those premium goods. I'm also true story. I'm wearing my Manscaped boxers right now. So comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you get the whole thing. It's How weird. You're only you're at your in-laws house only wearing your boxers, but it is good is it? that they're comfortable. Eh, I'm doing yeah, I mean they're offended probably. Yeah. yeah. All right. My wife's but, father. Um, my wife's father walks around the house, no shirt, and either short shorts or just underwear. Yeah. Yeah, my, my dad still does that. I think, although I, yeah. I don't think he does it in front of his daughters-in-law. So well, yeah, but it's different than your son-in-law. Yeah, I oh, think. for sure. Yeah, yeah. What am I hitting on my mother-in-law? Like, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, but Akiva, listen. Yeah. What if somebody's concerned about having to pay for shipping or having to pay like a few extra dollars more than they want when they go to Manscaped.com? Well, we have some great news for you. Mm. I'd say, yeah, amazing news. Uh, if you take use the code three two F A N S, and uh, that's it. You just use that code. You get two things. You get 19% off and you that's get free it? shipping. No, I think we can do better than that. 19 and a half, my final offer. Um, I want better than that. Nope, sorry. Okay, 19 and a half percent off and free shipping from our friends at Manscaped. Leave off. Ah, uh, you know what? Because I'm in a good mood. 19.75% off. But oh, wow. round up to that. twenty. Round up to twenty. Let's round up to twenty. Twenty percent off, free shipping. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. I'm getting yelled at by my wife while, while okay. we're recording it. What else is new? We're paying the bills, babe. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all new, better than ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all new nitrogen infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. All right, did we finish reading the ad? Yeah. <laughs> um, listen, I, I've just uh, severely reduced the chances of getting any romance with my wife tonight. Mm-hmm. But if I want to increase those chances, even one, mm-hmm. you know, from zero percent to one percent, I better make sure that I'm a uh, uh, clean and, and primp down there. So I'm going to be using my manscaped. Okay. It works if you're like a depressed Vikings uh, Chargers fan. It works if you're an excited Giants uh, Jags fan. No matter who you root for, you should always make sure that your below the waist grooming is 
top notch, right? You want a Daniel Jones level below the waist grooming. You like that, Boston Adam? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, we'll see you later in the week. Are we done? All right. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. You must leave now. Take what you need you think will last. But whatever you wish to keep, you better grab it fast. He understands your orphan with his gun. Crying like a fire in the sun. Look out, the saints are coming through. And it's all over now, baby blue The highway is for gamblers, better use your sense Take what you have gathered from coincidence The empty-handed painter from your street is drawing crazy patterns on your sheets The sky too is falling under you And it's all over now, baby blue All your seasick sailors, they're all rowing home your empty-handed army is up going home Your lover who just walked out the door Has taken all his blankets from the floor The carpet too is moving under you And it's all over now, baby blue stones behind there's something that calls for you forget the dead you've left they will not follow you the vagabond who's rapping at your door is standing in the clothes that you once wore Like another match, go start anew And it's
it's all over now, baby blue. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.